Hello. Welcome back. To Mysteries. Menace. Monsters. Your mom. Really have to work that out one of these days. (laughs) I get all excited. We just need like an intro period. Yeah. And then uh, breaks. So are we recording next Sunday? Yeah, we can. Even though there's a bunch of shit going on. Yeah, I mean, I should be able to. Okay. I'll have more time this week than I did last week to get ready, so... We're really good at this podcasting stuff. Oh, yeah. We're experts, super, clearly. Super, good at it. So, um, took a two-week hiatus. Nothing of importance really happened in that two weeks other than some home improvement projects. I was at a two, conf- two back-to-back conferences for one of those weeks. She so. was a straight-up businesswoman. I was in Portland, and then I was in Philadelphia. Flying around the world, going to meetings, I conferences. Did, I did planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, nice. You I, were on a train? Uh-huh. I drove a rental car. Then I got on a plane. I got on multiple planes. Who mm-hmm. am I kidding? I got on four planes. Went in about a 1,000 lifts. And then when I left Philadelphia to go home, instead of renting another car because it's insane right now to rent a car so instead of renting another car i took the train from philadelphia to lancaster where my family lives and they gave me a ride to meet nice to meet bees halfway you know between our respective homes so i did planes trains and and automobiles that's cool i did less fun stuff we went on a camping trip i guess which we cut short a day early (laughs) Because it was so hot and nobody was feeling well, like not sick. It was just that it was so hot. Yeah. And then the first day we got there, we couldn't even go swimming because there was just too many people and there's just too many people. I'm going to leave it at that. So the next day it rained all day, rained all fucking day. And then we finally got to go swimming, but it was still too hot. And then Atticus wasn't feeling well. And I'm like, let's just fucking pack up and go home. Yeah, like, sometimes you just gotta. And and it was the it was definitely the right decision because it yeah. took us forever to unpack and do a bunch of shit. So when we went camping, it rained the night before we left, so we had to unpack our wet, or we had to pack all of our gear wet, and it sucked. Yeah, it was the worst. I told Jared, I'm like, we need to get one of those tiny mini campers, the micro camper, and the kids can sleep in a tent, and we're gonna sleep in the micro camper, and that's what's gonna. happen eventually someday someday i want one too but they're expensive even the little ones are expensive yeah it's like a down payment for a house anyway you're first this week okay so because i was in portland oh cool which was cool did you know i found out while i was there that has the largest population of homeless people of any city in the united states oh see i would have thought buffalo no portland by a landslide and and you can tell like there's tents and oh wow i went out at because time changed, you know, three hours. So 5 a.m. there was like 8 a.m. And my body was like, you're awake. You need to get up. It's time to get up. <laughs> Go it's, do shit. Meanwhile, it's 5 a.m. So I found the nearest Starbucks as per usual. Because I'm like, oh, Starbucks is open at 5. Okay. Let's go. And yeah, I just was like stepping over people to oh, get wow. there. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. So Bummer. Um, no, it really sucks because it's a really beautiful city otherwise. Um, and no, that, uh, not otherwise. That's just part of the city. But anyway. I decided to do a murderer, a murderer, I don't know. Sorry, folks. It's going to be like, it's going to be like this, um, who is from the Portland or from that, that area. Right. So, um, I ended up picking the happy face killer. Oh, I don't like it already. Not to be confused with the smiley face killer. Okay. Smiley face killer is a whole other thing. It's actually a conspiracy more than it is a thing. Um, Crime Junkies did a pretty good episode about it, if you're interested. It's a whole thing. I, I could do a whole episode, but I honestly didn't have the bandwidth or energy to go into something that complicated. So, And we also don't have people doing our research for us, so... Well, this guy is basically, like, you know, he's already been caught, so we know who it is. It's not a, it's not a whodunit this week. I'm just going to tell you about him. Okay. But, all right, so... His name is Keith Hunter Jesperson. Oh. He was born April 6, 1955, in British Columbia. He's actually from Canada originally. Middle child, two brothers, a sister. 
Um, you know, your typical story about a serial killer. His father was abusive, domineering, alcoholic. Um, he was also abused by his paternal grandfather. Um, and when he was, like, caught, you know, the whole family was like, no, we weren't like this. <laughs> and it, reporters and other people that, like, investigated found out that, oh, yeah, you, like, you, no, really, you, you really were. You really were. Yeah. Um, and his family kind of hated him. Like, they were mean to him. He was kind of the outcast, even among his family. Um, he was very tall, like, exceptionally tall and large. Mm-hmm. And so they made fun of him about that constantly. Oh, rude. Um, so they moved to Washington, and when he was there, they called him Ig or Igor, and that was like his name, like from his family. That's what they called him all through school. Jesus. Um, he was obviously getting in trouble a lot, um, but don't let it fool you. He was also showing early signs of psycho- psychopath psychopathy. Psychopathy. Psychop. He was he was looking like he wasn't going to be an awesome dude at an early age. He was wow. showing signs of assholeism. He was. Because um, <laughs> as young as five, he was capturing and torturing animals. Oh, it's no. like sign number one. That's like, yeah, you're, you're raising a serial killer. He enjoyed watching animals kill each other as well as taking their own lives. And this continued into his, like, as he got older, like, he never stopped doing this all through his, um, even into adulthood, um, apparently, which... At the end, I'll talk about his daughter, and she said that he did that when they were kids, too. too. Wow. Yeah, so. Anyway, um, he, so he has, like, his first attempted murder before the age of 10, <laughs> or around the age of 10. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, he's friends with this boy named Martin, and they would get into trouble together, like they were buds, you know, and they hung out, and um, he claims that he would get in trouble for, by his dad for things that, like, Martin had done. You know, the, the typical, like, yeah. you know, one's a bad influence thing. Um, and so he basically um, just beat him. And his dad pulled him off of him and whatever. But, but his, he claimed later that he wanted to kill the kid. <clears throat> My God. And a year later, he was in a lake swimming and kids were picking on him. And so one of them, like, held him down under the water. So the next time when he saw that kid, at a, I don't know if it was the same kid, honestly, but he saw a kid, he was at a public pool, he tried to do the same thing to someone else. Wow. And, like, the lifeguard had to pull him off. It's very Jason Voorhees. Yeah, like, you know, anyway. He also reported that he was raped when he was age 14, but they haven't been able to confirm or deny that. So he did graduate from high school. Um, he was not great with the ladies, in school but he did end up meeting someone when he was around 20 and her name was rose huck and they got married and had three kids two daughters and a son and at this point he worked as a truck driver um to support his family he also wanted to be in the canadian mounted police is that what they're called yeah police yeah the canadian oh yeah the canadian mounted police but he hurt. He was hurt, and he wasn't able to pass the exam for that. So he was also really disappointed about that. Probably like, a good thing that that didn't happen. Well, yeah, but being a truck driver isn't really a better occupation. It's actually like the perfect serial killer That's occupation. So, um, so that sucks. Um, so he also was not faithful to his wife, um, and especially with his truck driving job. Career. Yeah. Um, so she eventually got wise and left, took the kids, went to Spokane, um, and the couple divorced in 1990. And January of 1990 is when the killings began. Uh-oh. So his first known victim was 21-year-old Tanya Bennett. She had gone to his house, and after an argument, he strangled her with a rope and disposed of her body. Um, which was found days later. Um, this case would actually go cold until a woman, and this is crazy. Like, this is, not that this guy isn't crazy, but mm-hmm. this is crazy. People, desperate people doing desperate things. So, a woman named Laverne Pavliak. 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 Yeah. Laverne. Laverne was in this huge, like, horribly abusive relationship. So she went to the, the cops and said that her and her husband... Her boyfriend did it because she thought this would be a good way to get her boyfriend like arrested oh my god so um 
Anyway, she gives this false confession, and she all she did was the details that were in the paper. She didn't add anything, um, and she said that he forced her to help him rape and murder and dispose of her this woman's body. And they were arrested and convicted in 1991, and to avoid facing the death penalty, um, the guy, which is Sosnovic, I'm not even doing it. Her boyfriend. We'll call him the her dude. boyfriend. That dude. Um, he pled no contest, and he was sentenced to life in prison, and she got, like, 10 years, which she totally didn't expect, and then went, no, I made it up. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Okay. What the hell did she think was going to happen? They get out, like, five years later, after they catch Jesperson, they do get out, right? Like, they get they get out, but, like... Oh, my God. Yeah, like, she's watching TV one night, and this is her brilliant plan to, like, get, get out, out of... of abusive relationship. Oh, it sucks. But, yeah, so that was crazy. That was, like, a sidebar, because I'm, like, reading stuff, and I'm, like, wait, what, who are these people? What do they have to do with this? Like, why is this in here? And then I, like, took a minute and actually read it, and I'm, like... For real? You have to be like, kidding Like, this is me. crazy. So, back to, um, yeah, they were let out in January of 1996. But anyway, <clears throat> after, um, con- he does confess eventually, so, you know. Also, he was able to prove that it was him because he had a purse from the victim. Oh, oh And right. he was able to give that to them, or to the police, to, to clear, um, these other two. But anyway. Sorry, I have a pain in my foot. You're fine. So, the and this is also, well, it's funny, because of them doing this is how his whole happy face killer thing gets started. So basically, they, they do this. And obviously, the news covers it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like pissed because he's like that i did i did that like so he confesses and writes on the wall of a truck stop that it was him that did it not them i don't think he leaves his name obviously and he signs it the happy face like with a happy a smiley face which is why you have to be careful with the smiley face happy face thing but he signs it like the emoji yeah just a smiley face smiley face so he signs it like that and then like he actually goes on through time um, through these murders, which I'll tell you about the rest of them in a second, he goes on through time and and just like sends letters to the press and to police departments and signs them with his happy face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's why a journalist eventually started calling him the happy face killer because yeah. he literally just was like, I'm doing it! His smiley face was taken. Because I got it. Well, no, smiley face happened. I think it happened later. I don't know when. Yeah, it started later. That, I can't even. We can talk about that off air because. <laughs> It's a total crazy thing. Okay, so two and a half years after murdering Tanya, he killed his next victim. And um, this body was found near Blythe, California. Like I said, with his truck driving, he can be everywhere. All the places. Um, He claims the Jane Doe's name was Claudia. But I think they found out that she's someone else. But I'm not sure actually if all of his victims have been identified. I know they just recently identified one of them, which was really cool. Like somebody was, they figured out with DNA, like who she was. Um, there are so many unidentified dead people in this country. It's unbelievable. That's sad. And then a month later in Turlock, California, um, the body of Cynthia Ro- Lynn Rose was discovered and Jasperson admitted to killing her. He said she was a sex worker who entered his truck in a truck stop while he slept and woke up and she was there and he killed her. Uh, which okay. I'm sure she just jumped yeah, right she in. Just, yeah. His uh, fourth victim was another sex worker named Lori Ann Pentlin of Salem, Oregon, whose body was found in November of 1992. So as you can see, he's really... He, he killed that first lady. Kind of didn't kill anyone for like two and a half years. Yeah. And then, um, I, then he starts finding um, sex workers or like transient people and Mm -hmm. starts just killing people and it gets pretty like these are all back to back um so apparently one of them oh this the last one i just said about Lori ann pentland um apparently she doubled her fee at the at the end of their transaction and that's why he killed her oh my god um 
he killed an, another person, and I think this is, yeah, this is the one that they did figure out who it was. His next one it was in June of 1993. So, like, basically from, like, 1992 to 93, he's killed one, two, three, four people. Um, she was unidentified. He said her name was Carla or Cindy, and she was actually Patricia Skipple. And like I said, just this just happened. Like it's a recent article I found that they identified who she was. Yeah, her family. So her family knows, but she was from Florida, and she was. um, Oh no, that's another person. See, I'm jumping around. But anyway, she was found. She was in California. Um, In September of '94, they found another Jane Doe in Florida that he claims he killed as well, and her name was Suzanne. So he was all over, like mostly in the northwest but you know so he was arrested march 30th 1995 for the murder of julie winningham he had been questioned by police um they didn't have any grounds to arrest him at the time like he was pulled in for questioning and you know he they didn't really have anything on him but he had been like associated with her Mm -hmm. Um, i couldn't find much about the investigation itself more of like a recap so i'm not sure how it all how all that part happened and i kind of wish i would have found more about that because i'm sure part of the problem was multiple agencies because these were people all over yeah like anyway so he got kind of paranoid about it basically because he got pulled in for questioning it's the first time Mm -hmm. and so he freaked out (laughs) and he tried to commit suicide twice and eventually he just walked into the police station and confessed to everything oh well good for him because you know and clearly, like, you could, t- I mean, obviously somebody who's sending letters and writing, you know, generally are people that want to confess. Yeah. Not always. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, you could, like, he was like, catch me. Find and my me. my happy face. You could just put your fucking name down and that would be a little easier. Because I'm clearly <laughs> not very happy. <laughs> so, anyway, um, he also wrote a letter. And I saw this written out two different ways. One said he wrote a letter to the brother of a victim and I saw he wrote a letter to his actual brother that he killed eight people over the course of five years and so this is when all the different agencies got together Mm -hmm. and looked at all these cold cases that he claims Uh, Um, so like I think that's partly why there's nothing about the investigation because each of these is probably just an individual let's be honest like transient murder that of an unidentified person in in a city somewhere that just got got filed under you know we're never going to catch this person which is why the whole truck driver thing is so freaking insane and scary because he is not alone there are so many serial killers that are truck drivers like just do an episode truck driver killers (laughs) anyway um he claimed he killed a lot more because you know they always do but None of those have been confirmed. Um, the ones that are confirmed were in Washington, Oregon, California, Florida, Nebraska, and Wyoming. And he is serving three consecutive life sentences at the Oregon State Penitentiary. Um, he was also indicted in a new a killing in 2009 that happened in Riverside County, California, which is like infamous for Riverside's like where one of the Zodiac killings oh, wow. was. <laughs> I'm like, man, Who what is ever with that? Live there? I know. I'm like, what is with that town? Anyway, um, as I said, his daughter, she, um, like, after he was arrested and everything went down, and then again in 2009 when, like, it came back out, or 2014, I guess, she was just recently interviewed in 2014. But she's kind of made a living out of, like, talking about what it was like to be the kid of a serial killer. She's been on a bunch of shows and. Um, and I don't care. Like, that's cool. Like, it's kind of yes. interesting because, like, sh- she was talking about how, you know, he would still, like, even when they were kids, he would do, like, weird animal torture. And I'm like, yeah, so that's probably a pretty good sign that you should, like, not be with that guy, right? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's... Um, I guess way to whatever. cash in on that. But, yeah, so... But at the same time, it does... I know that, like, that kind of thing helps with people that are trying to profile and look at people that do this kind of thing but um yeah i'm i honestly do feel like though he would have never been caught if he hadn't freaked out yeah like if he 
Hayden got pulled in for questioning, and they had absolutely nothing on him. He was just like, I, and that's the part I don't know. But he had they had nothing on him, nothing to hold him. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, in a murder investigation, like I, you question a lot of people. You ask witnesses, you ask neighbors, you ask yeah. you ask people stuff, and he got questioned and he freaked out. And I, like, oh, shit. he'd probably still be out there. Well, he'd be really old now, but he'd still be out there yeah. possibly killing people or would have been for a long time because with that truck driving thing, you're never in one place. So, like, it doesn't trace back to your house, to your home, to where you live. Yeah. So that's my depressing story for the day. But I just, I hadn't, also, I hadn't done a murder in a while. And, well, yeah. my, sorry, sorry, everybody, um, is completely switching gears because I haven't done, like, a spooky story in a while. So that's what I'm doing. I have cool. a title for mine. I, I didn't. <laughs> no, it's fine. Mine is called All Hope Abandoned Ye Who Enter Here. Hopefully everybody knows what that's from. If you don't, it's uh, uh, Dante's Divine Comedy. Yeah, I okay. say it right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> look it up. And I even like have a... I mean, I have several copies of it, but I'm like, I just have to make sure I say this correctly. So I'm like flipping through the book, like trying to find like the spot where it's from. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Um, So through multiple religions, there's this idea that the earth holds secret doors that lead travelers into what's dubbed as, quote unquote, the gates of hell. So that's what this is, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the gates of hell. Sorry. And we're going to go... We're going to go all around the world, and then we're going to bring it right back to uh, Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched this episode recently and unexplained. <laughs> oh, I love So, Solomon is obsessed with this show now because I watched the weather anomaly ones, and he's obsessed with weather. Yeah. And he was just like, Mom, I want to finish that. And I was like, you need to eat your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Dying, but yes. Shatner makes the show when he does his little dramatic thing. <laughs> and like, he's like looking off into the camera like somebody's giving him direction. Like he's just like when he does that, like I, it just like a little part of me is happy. It makes my day. I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to interrupt. You're fine. But. Okay. Did it get dark in here or is it just me? I think it, it got dark. Okay, so these gates typically have some common themes. The the gates of hell, which was what we're gonna talk about. Um, it, the themes are unusual geological activities such as volcanoes, lakes, caves, or mountains. And the Greco-Romans, would, they had several stories um, of their heroes and characters entering into these said gates, such as uh, Aeneas, who visited through a cave at the edge of Lake Avernus, as well as Hercules. Lerna Lake had an entrance which is located in Greece. Pluto's Gate, which is in modern Turkey. Uh, rivers, uh, Caucasus, Leith, uh, Phlegathon, and Styx are all entrances. I'm sure everyone's heard of the River Styx, right? Okay. Um, also, my favorite story, which is that of Persephone and her kidnapping by the god Hades from a field and into the underworld through a cleft. Um, in China, according to Taoist tradition, the uh, Fengu is believed ought to also be a portal. So some of these portals are actual places that you can visit. Um, so I'm going to mispronounce a lot of these names. So forgive me. I will do my best. <laughs> um, Derweza, D-E-R-W-E-Z-E, and uh, Turkmenistan, a, nat- a natural burning gas, uh, which is in the middle of a desert, uh, which is called the Karakum Desert. Oh, that's supposed to say fire. Natural burning gas fire. But I wrote first for some fucking reason. <laughs> um, in Hawaiian folklore, they believe that the Waiapo Valley contains an entrance to the lower, lower world, uh, Lua Omilu, which is now concealed with sand. So I guess you can't see that one. Mount Ozor uh, in northern Japan. Hell's Gate National Park in Kenya, which is named for the intense geothermal activity there. Uh, the Messiah Volcano in Nicaragua, uh, which you can visit, and I guess you can actually like go. <laughs> it sounds like there's 
pathways that you can go around this volcano so you can see oh, cool. the, all the stuff that's happening beneath the Earth's surface. But um, they actually believe that the volcano itself is a deity. Um, Indian Hindu believes the... I thought this one was really cool. Because <laughs> this guy... The Orion is my favorite constellation. So, uh, in Indian Hindu, they believe that the Orion constellation, the Milky Way, um, and the, the, the Canis were considered to form the border between uh, heaven and hell, which is uh, Devaloka and Yamaloka. The Milky Way itself forms the dividing river between heaven and hell, and Canis Major and Canis Minor represent the dogs that guard the gates of hell. I was like, that is so, that's so cool. That is cool. <laughs> All right, so let's get a little closer to our area. Um, we have actual, uh, we have a couple gates of hell, so hey, lucky us here on yeah. the East Coast. Um, we're going to start in Clifton, New Jersey. Um, and I'll, let us not forget that Jersey is also known for having its own devil, so just saying. Just saying. Okay. Um, in Jersey, the gates are actually a tunnel drainage system, and the sewers are now closed for probably a multitude of reasons, but if you read about it, it will say that it's closed due to supernatural activity. Um, people report here. Yeah, okay, so the sewers in Jersey um, being a gates of hell, like, that's pretty much, like... <laughs> It's, I, how can you dispute it? Like, <laughs> undeniable. You're like, okay. It's done. You're like, no, I believe this one. This one, yeah. uh, like, undeniable. I can believe this one. It makes sense. Sorry. Sorry, Meg. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so people report that there are strange whisperings, clanging noises, that they find sacrificial bones, and that the tunnels are just a portal in and of itself. This, and that, you know, once you... So there's, this tunnel system is huge. Like, it's not just you walk into a tunnel and boom, you're there. Like, it's just like any other sewer system. I mean, it's just like a subway, I guess, you know? Like, each, it, like, divides off and goes into different places. Anyway, so the tunnels are um, eight feet high, and they are surrounded by arching walls. Um, and like I mentioned, there are several other drains connected to this area. Um, the one article I read said that the water never flows there, but then the eyewitness accounts that I'm going to read will tell you that there are tunnels that are actually filled with water, and some of them have like water running through them. So it probably has, if I had to guess, it has to do with weather patterns mm -hmm. and how much water is, how much, how much precipitation there right. is at one given time. That makes sense. Okay, so there are nine layers of tunnel systems similar to that of the Circles of Hell noted in Dante's Inferno. Um, the legend goes that hundreds of feet below the surface is the devil, Diablo. Anyone wanting to meet him in person must complete seven trials before accessing a mysterious antechamber. And these trials include lifting a few huge thousand-pound axes that barricade the door, when they do, it, you know, if you were able to do that, and you enter the chamber, it's said that the person, as they go deeper, would eventually be met with a glowing human skull, which signals the end, that you apparently have made it. The tunnels apparently are also guarded by a creature named Red Eye, Red Eye Mike. <laughs> and you should know on the railroad ties that are above the entrance, um, is that like Mike from Jersey Mike Subs? Maybe it's the same one and the same. <laughs> right you know, Mike. It sorry. could be. I'm it sorry. could be. You know, I feel mm -hmm. that all of Jersey stuff is is you know tied together. Apparently, um, let's see. So there are railroad ties above, um, and what you do is you kind of you, you knock on them. I guess is what you're supposed to do. And if you knock on them so many times, you will hear a horn-like sound echo through the tunnels. And then old Red Eye is actually supposed to be a guardian of sort. But like all creatures, traveler beware, he could turn on you. He likes to mimic members of your group. He likes to make creepy noises and he throws rocks at you. He's really harmless and more of a prankster. And he's possibly trying to scare travelers from continuing the journey into hell. So he may just be like, you know, you a creepy poltergeist of sorts that's like, dude, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't quit it. Go get my subs instead. Um, anyway, so 
that's the that's like the story that's i know there's not a lot to it but anyway i can't talk today fuck it um <laughs> okay so this is a great story and people go into the tunnels and of course weird shit happens because people like to do creepy strange shit i don't know it's whatever i'm not going underground at all <laughs> period so all right i'm gonna tell you some stories that i found okay the first story this person one had to ask where the tunnels were located and when they were given the the directions they were warned of ongoing gang violence where oh, this is you know legit real uh this isn't spectral energy this is actually happening um rival gang members would take people into the tunnels and apparently decapitate them so awesome the gates they found um they eventually did find them but it is an eight foot drop down because they're kind of covered and mm -hmm. you gotta you know whatever um and they're covered in graffiti shit saying like turn back and he's waiting for you so in this post being a self-described quote alpha male alpha male 17 year old dickheads um trying to prove they were cool started down the tunnel suddenly one of them was like says Shh, shut the fuck up did you hear that and they shine their lights down the tunnel but they couldn't see anything one because you know the dark is so all-consuming the light the light from their flashlights only go so far and plus there was a lot of dust so that was also hindering the light from yeah you shining. can't see yeah more so as they were <laughs> yeah as they were searching wow. from the i don't have words either apparently no, no, breaks um as they were searching from the corner uh, but as they were searching from the corner of the writer's eye, this person states that they saw something at the end of the tunnel, peeking around a corner with the palest face they had ever seen and smiling at them. Mm. So they did the smart thing and they ran the fuck out of there. Yep. Good job, guys. But of course, after a few minutes of calming down, you know, and just, you know, trying to rationalize everything, they did the dumb thing and they went back in. Oh, of course they did. Of course they did. So they got to where they had saw the face, but there was nothing there. So, phew, okay, we're clear. We're just going to keep going. So they quietly tiptoed down all the tunnels, and they noticed the further that they went, the graffiti stopped. And they went, the, this, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the story because it was very long, but the tunnels that they went through were like, they get so deep into the tunneling system, I think the graffiti's stop probably because that's as far as most people ever want to go right and they're just like yeah. this is creepy fuck this i don't like it let's go it probably smells too oh Somewhere. my god that's what i keep thinking yeah. <laughs> like i mean i don't care about being underground but fuck, yeah i don't want to be in any sewer anything so eventually they reached a room that had tubes of rushing like you know tubes poking out and water was rushing out of them and they found a head but it was a mannequin so no big deal oh well you know <laughs> and that didn't stop them so they just kept going they got to a spot where the writer says his ears popped due to a high-pitched sound, but his friends were fine, so it only affected him. And at a crossroads, they decided to take the easier-looking tunnel because one tunnel was boarded up, and they were like, well, definitely not going there, and another was basically filled with water. Um, so they said that they, as they went through this tunnel, they noticed that it became super hot, and you're underground in a tunnel, that's probably filled or I any, mean, it just it's weird that it got hot. Um, and they noticed these red currents on the wall. Like it looked like red water, but when they touched it, it was more the consistency of chalk, but mm. I guess it was moving. And the sounds of rushing water like was around them, but there was no water. So then suddenly they noticed the temperature shifted back to cold. And then they eventually they went so far and then there was a wall blocking the path. As they started to turn back, but before they, they started, a friend mentioned that he thought he was going crazy because he was hearing footsteps behind them. Again, you know, they looked, there was no flashlights. Eventually, they started back out of the tunnels, and when they reached the area where the temperature changed from cold to hot to cold, they heard footsteps behind them, but this time getting closer. So the footsteps were like, you know, right. were, yeah. they're shifting paths. So somehow these footsteps are surrounding Around them. them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they all booked it out of the tunnels, smart, and as they ran, so did the footsteps. And at, what at one point, while running, the person writing this story states that they were able to kind of quickly look back behind them, and he states that he saw the pale-faced person that they saw earlier 
with a big, huge smile chasing after them. Mm. Yay! Okay, so a second story says this writer says that they've been down into the tunnels a few times, usually during the day, but on this occasion they decided to visit at night. Smart. <laughs> they noticed that there were more Latin phrases painted on the walls, which, okay, whatever. And they got to a point that's a crossroads, and they, noted a, they noticed a goat's head painted in red that they hadn't seen before or hadn't noticed because, like, they walked past it, turned around, and then they noticed it. Uh, but they continued, and they stopped, and for whatever reason, they decided to turn off flashlights and listened. And what they heard is that they realized they were hearing voices that somewhere in the tunnel ahead of them. They said that the voices were chanting, that it was, quote, a female voice, a totally musical in its pattern, raising its pitch up and down, raising its pitch up and down scale, end quote. They did the correct thing and they bolted because that's what you should do, goddamn. You shouldn't even <laughs> went in those fucking tunnels to begin with at night. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go underground in the dark at night. Well, also, you're going to witness some gang murder and then you're gonna get killed because you just yeah. witnessed a gang murder yeah hey you know what sometimes homeless people kill you too like if I were homeless I'd live in a fucking tunnel so especially at, like one that's supposed to be haunted because who's gonna bug you right. anyway um all right uh as the last uh as like the last group they got to the entrance calmed themselves down and then decided to turn around and go back in. Why? Why would you do that? Like, okay. So they got, they reached the same spot. And again, they heard the chanting. But this time, they also heard a male voice chanting with the female voice. Okay. So they finally, they decide to leave, which is great. When they got to the main tunnel, they stopped, but they, and they heard a loud thump. They don't know what it was. So they ran, and as they were running, this person also turned around and looked back, and they could see a cloaked figure running up behind them. This tunnel is also known for being a hosting place for satanic worshipers, and even the KKK is said to meet in these tunnels. It reminds me a lot of, like, the Paris catacombs. Um, so more than likely, they just walked up in on some, like, ritual something shit. And or just whatever and it also it echoes probably in a weird way so it sounds one way except it could just be like, right yeah either way don't go into the fucking tunnels guys if, my thing is why would anybody want to like you are alive here and now why would you want to go through anything that supposedly leads to hell itself and the devil i mean are you that hard up that you want to like meet him and see that because I'm sure we're all going to fucking be there eventually. Like, slow down. <laughs> like, you're going to see it eventually. Also, it's a sewer. Yeah, that's kind of gross, right? Super gross. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. And I'm sure there's... I, I don't know what these tunnels actually look like, and I don't know what's around the tunnels. I'm sure there's lots of other things happening around these sure. tunnels. Like, that, like, the hot and cold... I'm sure there's something surrounding that part of the tunnel that is creating that temperature fluctuation. Yeah, I mean, you know. All I'm saying is... An underground, abandoned underground tunnel is creepy on its face value. It doesn't yeah. need to be a gateway to hell. It doesn't need to be anything. It's creepy on face value because it's an underground tunnel. Fuck that. They're just like, fuck all that shit. Like, no thank you. So. All right. So we're not going to go too far. We're going to go from New Jersey and hop over to PA. Woohoo! to York County, to Hellum Township. And then I wrote, wonder if the name has any possibility of influencing the story, question mark. Because it's Hell Am. I've been there, I know. Oh, see, so you're, you're right, okay. All right, uh, and I, the Hell, the, does, the name doesn't come from Hell, it's like a reworking of an old English word. Yes. And this story focuses on a road called Toad Road. The legend is, is that in the 1800s, there was a large mental asylum constructed on this road because it's on the outskirts of town where it really wouldn't have affected the townspeople themselves because it's outside of town. As most asylum stories go, those who were housed within the walls were the worst of the worst. But at the end of the 1800s, a fire broke out in the asylum. And although the origin of said fire is unknown, what is known is that it spread quickly and everyone and everything in its path perished. 
Others who were able to escape the flames ran away, which includes the asylum inmates. Fire, uh, the firefighters were not able to get there in time due to the remote location. And despite law enforcement's best efforts to catch anyone who escaped, um, most of those people, uh, their lives ended violently anyway. So seven gates were built around the asylum remains. Uh, this was done unintentionally, so the story goes. Like, they, the police were trying to barricade, and yeah. they built seven barricades around to try to find all these escaped patients. And the legend is that the building of the gates prevented the souls of the dead from passing on, forcing their eternal entrapment. Now, that sounds like hell. Because of their anger and hate and rage, these souls have created basically a portal to hell to open okay and the second legend is that of a doctor who lived in the same area in the early 1900s the basis to this legend is that this doctor lost his mind and constructed a series of gates to prevent anyone from entering his property and currently i believe there's only one red gate and it's like one of those old farm style gates mm -hmm. that you let like cattle in and out of excuse me the other gates you can only see at night of course <laughs> as they exist only in the realm between light and dark. If you were able to find and pass through all seven gates, you would find yourself in hell and trapped until judgment day, probably, if I had to guess, because I, I feel like it's not like a revolving door, like you don't go in and then come right back out, and you're like, well, I'm scarred for life, but I'm still alive. I don't think that's how it works. The TV shows it works that way. Yeah. TV's not always truthful, guys. I'm pretty sure if these things exist once you're in you're fucking in like flynn okay you're not i mean in charmed out. they go into the to hell all the time that's because that one that one witch is fucking the devil of course they're allowed to go in and out just saying <laughs> i anyway. think buffy did too buffy was a i don't think she she didn't go to hell per se but all of sunnydale was, was always a, a, hell, was a hell mouth yeah hell mouth yeah and that's right. So she didn't really go in and like. Well, I, yeah. I'm just saying this is why I think people are like. You Sabrina, know. the teenage. Well, the Netflix show Sabrina, she's yes. able to go, but that's because she's the daughter of the devil. Yeah, you get special privileges when you know. That yeah, you know, I. Yeah, you get a pass for so long, and then you know your dad's a dick. So I'm just. I'm I guess kidding. I'm insinuating that TV might have given people this idea that like you know. <laughs> well, TV's not always right, and people are stupid. So. <laughs> okay. Um, da -da -da -da. Those who have tried to find all of the gates, um, their stories are similar, stating that they have seen shadow figures in the forest. They have the smell of something burning in the nostrils, uh, and then they hear screams off in the distance. But here's the truth. Uh, there were, I could not find any firsthand stories of this like i was able mm -hmm. to like with the jersey tunnels people have actually went in there you know tell everybody their stories there's no first-hand stories for this sure. that i could find so there's that and the truth of to this story is that the there uh the asylum never existed and the doctor there was a doctor he only put up one gate which isn't really unusual and he did that just to keep people off his fucking property and also toad road doesn't exist nor has it ever and it's actually trout run road which currently exists and has always existed and that's that oh. <laughs> so i think uh so, so the hellum hellum township they they put this legend even on their website like their township yeah. website and they tell you all of it and they show you the gate in question but they also preface they don't even preface. It's at the end. So was that, what do you, preface is before post, postif, postis? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, at the end, they say, this is private property. Trespassers will be heavily prosecuted. Because, and this <laughs> is, so I think the legend existed when this doctor lived on this property. Right. And that's why he put up the gate was to keep people off his fucking gotcha. property. Because the asylum never existed. According to, I guess, all their records. Maybe it did, and they're just hiding it. Just kidding. I don't think it did. Anyway. So, I guess the, the moral end point of this story is, listener, beware how many gates you find yourself crossing. And maybe just stay the fuck out of weird and creepy tunnels. Because people are much scarier than any ghost or devil you may find. Agreed. 
Boom. That's the end of my story. So those are the tunnels. All right. I just think it's interesting that every time, like, every volcano is considered to be a portal to hell. I flew over, you know, what's left of Mount St. Helens. Like, you mm. can see, like, the whole crater. Like, oh, yeah. is that cool? Mm-hmm. Is it on fire? No. See, it's not a portal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it was until it exploded. I think I've seen the one... Because there's... I don't remember what it is. So I, I watch this. I used to. I don't watch them so much anymore. There are a couple on YouTube, and they just they do all this really cool traveling shit because you know they don't have any kids, um, and they went to one of these places that's like Hellmouth. It's it's a crater, mm -hmm. but it's all volcanic activity. Yeah. And it just seems really like I would want to see it, but maybe I don't really want to see it. I don't know. I haven't decided. <laughs> maybe I do. Maybe I don't. And I was gonna say something before that, and I forgot. Anyway, I, you know, generally think that we should steer clear of volcanoes because talk about yep. terrifying destruction. Well, we went to Yellowstone and we were waiting for the one big geyser mm -hmm. to, you know, erupt and explode, which is so utterly disappointing. <laughs> no, not the geyser itself, but just the way that like the the landscaping around it is just so so disappointing it's just a huge fucking parking lot tons of people a few gift shops that are just unnecessary and it just it's not it's not pretty it's just been humanized and i hate it so anyway that's not the point of what i'm saying the point of what i'm saying is i realized then and there that i was standing on a giant fucking volcano that is due to erupt it's actually overdue to erupt because I guess according to like researchers, they thought they thought that um, the volcano erupted every like 3,000 years and we're a little bit past that point. And by a little, I think it's like a few thousand years. They don't years. all agree though. They don't. But the fact is that it's still fucking terrifying that there is a massive volcano that isn't even that close to us here in Pennsylvania, but it would still affect us. Like it would block out the sun if it erupted. Just from the volcanic ash. It's crazy. It is crazy. And people want to go visit well, it. I mean, I don't know. You're you're a little bit younger than me. I remember all the stories. And my husband knows this really well because he had family that lived in Spokane when mm. Mount St. Helens erupted. Mm. And, like, there were people that, like, refused to leave. Like, there was some dude that was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. And I'm like, man, like, no. Volcano erupting. Go away. And then it was, like, the 90s when you had all of the weather movies like <laughs> Dante's Peak yeah, and yeah. Twister and like oh God, Twister's there was so like good. this whole uh, young people there's this whole genre of movies that came out in the 90s and they're all like action movies but because of weather it's all weather based they were weather movies and I, I actually would recommend Dante's Peak that one's see I would my recommend favorite. Twister I, hate I Twister. fucking love Twister I fucking hate Helen Hunt Helen we've Hunt can go we've got cows <laughs> I can never see Helen Hunt again I would just that would make my day I just like that movie. Who's the guy? He's the best. Yeah, I, I didn't like Twister, but Dante's Peak is pretty ridiculous. So, speaking of Twister, we've watched it because Solomon is obsessed with weather and especially tornadoes. Yeah. We had this conversation yesterday about how um, he knows what the inside of a big tornado looks like because of that movie. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, cool, okay, awesome. He's like, but... I don't know what the inside of a small tornado looks like, so I'm gonna have to find that out. <laughs> and he should. That's like, oh my god, it. he's gonna be one of those guys like chasing. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. If he grows up to be a meteorologist, I wouldn't be surprised. He's all, but at the same time, he's also incredibly terrified about weather. Every time we get a thunderstorm, he is. He wouldn't. I'm a weirdo, and when the summertime we get thunderstorms, I go outside. That's not it's weird. It's just we all what do I do. He refuses to come even down the stairs to the front door yeah. because he's no. worried that he's going to get struck by lightning. And I was like, dude, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> you're yeah. going to be no, fine. No, we, we, we've always watched thunderstorms. Um, no, so I almost did get struck by lightning once. That's my last weather story. That was in the Unexplained with William Shatner. The woman got struck by lightning twice. And she's alive. Well, we, okay, so we were at the beach. Zoe was three months old. Oh, God. <laughs> and a storm came up really quickly. It was July. And we ran, grabbed all our stuff, and started running. And I mean, I don't mean it was raining. It was 
torrential downpour. Yes. And so the parking lot that we were in, like not parking lot, like the road, because it's all, you know, beach area, it's super low, was flooding because, you know, it was raining so hard. And that's normal. That's what happens. Mm -hmm. And we are running through this like rain puddle thing. Um, I'm assuming like, anyway, lightning literally strikes like right there. Like, Mm -hmm. right, uh, you can see it hit the water, like, right next to where we are, and we're just like, oh my god! And we made it back, and it was fine, and we've told Zoe this story, and so, like, every time we talk about anything like that, she's like, is that the time I almost got struck by lightning when I was a baby? (laughs) Like, yes, that's the time. So, I was in a car once that got struck by lightning. This is a really fucked up story. Okay, so... I went to a lot of funerals as a kid, which probably helps understand my weird macabre personality, probably. So um, it was my mother and my great aunt, because it was my grandmother's sister. And we were in, so she had this amazing fucking Cadillac. It was one of the long boats of a Cadillac. It was baby blue. It had white leather interior and I can smell it <laughs> like it because, you know, like it's one of those cars. Mm-hmm. And it, was a cl- it was a clean car. She wasn't like dirty like that or anything. It just it had the leather itself had a smell to it. Anyway, yep. we were driving home after this funeral and lightning struck the car. <laughs> but it was amazing. Nothing happened. I mean, it kept going because it was a yep. fucking tank. But yep. I was like, oh, cool. That's, yeah. that's cool. I think that might have happened a couple times, but I don't remember. It was less cool when it was, like, next to you. With your three-month-old daughter. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could, it was, like, a horde of people running, so, like, everyone's like, Because <laughs> everyone, like, freaked out. It was crazy. I don't even right. know how old I was. Maybe seven, eight? Yeah. We should abandon this. Okay. So, we'll be back again next week. So, we will, you know... I will have more time to work on a story, so it probably won't be a 10-minute, three-page story. I mean, sometimes that's, that's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Like us, follow us, 4M Podcast, Mystery Mom Podcast at Gmail. And I think our TikTok is Mystery Mom Podcast. Yeah. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Which is all my face mostly. So I'm like, where the fuck is Nicole in any of these TikToks? <laughs> and I was like, Nicole will never do this. I don't really. Although I did one where I made my face look like Tiffany from Chucky. And I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I advertised like a handful of them are just like our podcasts, like the pictures that I post. That's yeah. fine. And maybe I'll do one. We'll see. Okay. Maybe we'll do one together. Oh my God. That'd be amazing. We'll do one. Anyway, that's it. I'm, I think we're done here. Oh, my God. The ice machine just started. So hey, it's definitely time to go. <laughs> you made it through your story, though. No ice machine break. Okay. Well, right. thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great weekend. Your moms love you. Bye. Bye.